You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin show sponsored by BetUS, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker with me today and every day, my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Man, I'll tell you what, Brain, ever since the Dolphins got, you know, a mud hole stomped in them. By the Tennessee Titans in week 17, everywhere you go to digest Miami Dolphins media, it's like a funeral, right? And I get it. I get it. It sucks. Everybody was really excited by the seven-game win streak, and we were really thinking that maybe this is finally going to be the year that the Dolphins break through and 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 win a couple of real tough games at the end of the season when they're in a win and in scenario and they go to the postseason. And of course they didn't. They are actually just the same old Dolphins. But listen, there's still another Dolphin game left this season. And then after that, it's seven months until the next Dolphin game. So while a lot of people are upset and rightfully so, and I'm like, let's be honest, I'm upset too. I'm still going to come out and I'm going to enjoy those last th- that last three hours of Dolphins football. I hate that I got to wait until 425 on a Sunday for it to happen. You guys couldn't play. Just let the Dolphins get it over with in the early window. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still pumped up because there's Dolphins football this Sunday. There's not going to be Dolphins football, unfortunately, for a while after that. But, hey, you know, let's enjoy it while we got it. You know what I mean? Eh, I could take it or leave it. They could forfeit for all I care. It's a meaningless football game. Uh, I, I mean, I, personally, after after the after losing that game last week, it's like if it, if that was the last game of the season, I'd be okay with it. But look, we do have another game, so it's another opportunity to try to show that that you can beat a really good team that has something to play for at the end of the season. So I guess there's you know something there that you can hang your hat on, but. I mean, let's face it. They, they, they're, it's a glorified exhibition game. The only thing I could say about, you know, being overly depressed about it is, well, you know, it's a lot easier to cope with when you never let your depression, you, you never got out of your depression because you never let this team fool you into thinking they were anything other than what they truly are. Uh, so I think that that's the way, look, we're, we're the same old dolphin show for a reason. If you've watched the show or listened to the show for any period of time, especially over the course of this season, you kind of know where I'm at. I'm going to be pessimistic about this football team until they give me something to be optimistic about. Although I will say that I did pick them to make the playoffs before the season started. It's just, then they started losing games and I realized, oh, I got excited. I did the, the dolphin fan thing and, and got excited in the off season. Next year, maybe I won't, but 
probably I'll, I'll still pick them to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season and be disappointed again. Well, depending on who you talk to, the Dolphins are like seven times repeating reigning offseason champions. I mean, the Dolphins, that's what they do is typically win the offseason. That's kind of how they do it. But, you know, at, at any rate, listen, it's it's a, it's a situation here. But listen, if you're a Dolphin fan, you still got a game against the Patriots this weekend. You have an opportunity to play spoiler, although maybe not to the extent that you'd like to. The Patriots have already wrapped up a playoff spot if... Buffalo beats the Jets on Sunday, then the Patriots are a wildcard team no matter what. So, you know, while the Dolphins can certainly do their part to try to make sure that the Patriots don't win the division, you know, they're they're still not going to keep them out of the playoffs, but whatever. You you hate the Patriots. You always want to beat the Patriots. You have an opportunity. The Dolphins could finish a season with uh, an above 500 record for a second consecutive year, a winning record. That hasn't happened that they've done it in consecutive seasons for almost 20 years. So that would be a good thing, something to look forward to as well. And I think there's a lot to look forward to as far as like, what are you going to get out of these players after such a crushing defeat? It's not just the fact that they were eliminated from playoff contention. It was the fact that they were that it was done in rel- in pretty much humiliating fashion. This defense that, that has been the thing that has held the team up all season long, right? They've been held up by the by the strength of their defense. And now, as they go into this final game uh, of the season, the defense was embarrassed, particularly uh, against the ground game of Tennessee last week. How does how do those guys respond? How does Emmanuel Ogba respond, a guy who's, you know, trying to get a new contract? How does Mike Kosicki respond? Although he's got some, you know, somebody's got to throw him the football. But, you know, how does he respond? How does Jerome Baker respond? How does Landon Roberts respond? How does Tua Tungavailoa respond? This guy had a horrible game. His worst game as a pro, easily by miles. Last week against Tennessee, how does he respond in this game against Buffalo or against New England, rather, when it may very well be his last game as the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins? But what, how does he respond? I mean, that I guess that it, look, that's what you're that's what you're tuning in to watch. Uh, personally, I, I expect them to be professionals. Uh, not only are they playing to try, you know, if they want to stay on the Dolphins and they're trying to make their last uh, impressions uh, to this coaching staff and to the GM. Uh, but they're also putting tape out there for, for the other 31 teams in the National Football League. So I'm not expecting them to go out there and not try. I'm expecting them to go out there and be professionals. Uh, the, and I expect that they're going to look at this as an opportunity to try to win a game against a good football team, which is something that has been the big criticism over the, the course of the last couple of months where the Dolphins have been, you know, they, they won seven games in a row and they played themselves into playoff contention. And what was the big criticism? Well, it's who are they playing? Who are the quarterbacks that they're playing? The, you know, these teams are garbage. Uh, the only team that they beat that was, that was any good has gone into full tank mode since the Dolphins beat them uh, in the Baltimore Ravens. And then they played a team in the Saints who were supposed to be good and it was a Monday night game and you got their fourth string quarterback making his debut and he was completely overmatched. The Dolphins finally went up against a good team, a playoff caliber team, and they got stomped. So it, it goes right back to the feeling that you had last year watching the last game of the season against Buffalo. 
with a chance to control their destiny and win a big football game, the Dolphins played a playoff caliber team and got stomped. So this is another opportunity, albeit with not as much to play for, significantly less to play for, really nothing to play for. Uh, they still have an opportunity to beat a good football team. I just don't have very much faith that they're going to do it. And uh, at the end of the day, I, I question how much it really, really matters now that the season is essentially over and it's a glorified exhibition game. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. But I, I think, you know, if you're a Dolphin fan, you're really looking at how the team responds, how they react and and how they come out. And that's going to be, you know, the thing that tells you a lot. You're going to you're going to learn a lot about these players and a lot about this coaching staff. You know, the difference is last year they were eliminated on the last game of the season. So they didn't have to go out there and play another game the season before that. They were, you know, it was a terrible season from the start. They were eliminated from the playoff. They were never, ever really in that conversation. So it's been a while, you know, since I think, I think it's been, you know, other than like those, the tank year and then the year after that. I mean, they're, they, they're always kind of there, thereabouts, you know, in the conversation. But now it's really, I'm really interested to see how Brian Flores, who did so well getting his guys to buy back in after that 1-7 start, I'm really curious to see how he gets those guys to respond uh, in this big game at the end of the season with nothing on the line other than pride. You're playing to put good footage on tape. You're playing to advertise yourself to other teams in the league and, and play a little bit of spoiler. So I'm really curious to see how Brian Flores handles that because this is a list I you know uh Mike Mike said it I think in a good way where uh, on the show that he did on on Wednesday or the Thursday show for the same or for dolphinstalk.com he basically said the seven game winning streak did uh, really one thing it saved Chris Greer and Brian Flores's jobs that's what that seven game winning streak accomplished and so now that these guys are secure in their jobs let's see how they come out in this last game of the season and what they do in this next off season as we head into this big game against the patriots and i know i keep saying it's a big game and there's nothing really at stake but it's always a big game for me when we're up against a team in the AFC East even when it's the stinky old patriots and Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. But listen, before we get too far down the road, I want to remind everybody to make sure you are following us on Twitter. I'm at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. You can download, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you get podcasts. We invite you to subscribe, and we also want to make sure that you leave us a five-star rating, leave us a positive review. We appreciate it. We've worked hard all season for you, and... You know, you could do this one little thing in exchange for us. I mean, we, we appreciate the fact that you listen. That's great. That's wonderful. But uh, if you could do us a solid, go leave us that, that five-star rating and a positive review. We'd appreciate it very much. So thank you all in advance for doing that. Make sure you're subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. What's up to everybody watching live in the comments? Uh, we appreciate you being with us. We got Chris Adams uh, over there in the, in, the pod, in, the, uh, in the comments over there. It's good to see you. What's up, man? Finn's tailgate. He's in the house. Got a lot of folks over there in the comments. So make sure you subscribe to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications video or notific notifications bell so you're notified every time we go live. And make sure you like this video, damn it. If you're watching live on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. And make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. Brain, before we get into this game, here's a question that we got on 
YouTube, actually. So it works out from Sean Johnson. He, th- he says, do you think New England is coming out with their team or holding back for the playoffs? I know what I think. I think at least at the beginning of this game, they've got it, it's all to play for. So I think they're coming out full strength. Whether they stay full strength all game remains to be seen. I think there's going to be some scoreboard watching going on, Brian. Buffalo's playing at the same time, correct? Yeah, they bought they, they yeah. flex this both to 425. New England's going to want the home game. I mean, that's what they're playing for. They're playing for potentially a home game, and they're not just going to assume that Buffalo is going to beat the Jets. The Jets, you know, played Tampa Bay really diff, really tough uh, last week. And, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we saw the, the Chargers lose a game to the, to the Houston Texans. It's still any given Sunday and anything can happen. So uh, the Patriots are going to come out playing to win this football game. Now, do I think that they're going to go out there and empty the playbook and and get really creative? No, because I don't think that they have to. But I think they're coming out with their starters and they're they're playing to win this football game. And, uh, you know, uh, barring the Bills just being up like 30 points at halftime, uh, then I, I think they're going to keep on playing for it because I don't think the Patriots are going to somehow, you know, in the second half of the game, be looking up at the scoreboard and saying, well, the Bills are up by two touchdowns with 10 minutes left. We could pull our starters. I don't think that's the way this is going to go. I think the Patriots are going to try to win the football game. Yeah, I would I would expect that too. In fact, there is actually a scenario where the Patriots could still end up with the number one overall seed in the AFC, but it involves the it involves the Bills losing to the Jets. It involves uh, it involves the Chiefs losing to the Broncos, and it involves the Tennessee Titans losing to the Houston Texans. If all of those teams lose and the Patriots beat the Dolphins, the Patriots would actually be the number one seed in the AFC. Oh, Don't think this- that's happening. Well, this sounds a lot like what the Dolphins' playoff chances were a month ago, but 80% yeah. of the Dolphins fans seemed to think we were going to make the playoffs. So, you never know. You never know. But yeah, I would expect I would expect the uh the Patriots to come out uh come out all guns blazing at least the very beginning of that game. Whether or not they stick with it, well, that remains to be seen. But uh, you know, like I said, I think there's going to be scoreboard watching. If they look at the scoreboard and the Bills are up 30 points on the Jets at halftime, I pretty sure we're going to see some backups in that game as the Patriots try to rest their players before their playoff game next week. But, you know, this isn't a Patriots podcast. We're not going to talk, spend all this time talking about the Patriots. We're going to talk about the Dolphins and see what can the Dolphins do in this final game of the season. So I want to, I want to put this out to all the listeners out there. And for, if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, what I want to know is What is it that you are most looking forward to in this game on Sunday for the Dolphins? And if you're listening to it on the podcast, tweet at us, at Amplified to Rock, at Same Old Dolphins, at Aaron the Brain. Tweet at us. Let us know what you are most excited to see in this final game of the season. What is it that you're looking for? That is something that I'm genuinely interested in hearing. And so we'll get back to some of those answers in a minute. We'll let people get those answers in. But Bryn, we got to talk about our friends at Manscaped because 
It's 2022. They're leaving 2021 and Harry Ball's behind. They want you to use their lawnmower 4.0 in 2022 so you can have nice clean nether regions. So they want you to go to manscaped.com and I want you to use the promo code Dolphins Talk because you'll save 20% off. You'll get free shipping and then you'll get all the tools that you need to do the job to be nice and clean as you head into 2022. So there it is. There it is. I've laid it out for you. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code DolphinSock. Get yourself a lawnmower 4.0. Get yourself some shampoo, some body wash, some lip balm. Get yourself, uh, you know, all the, all the shaving implements, some ball toner. Get yourself some ball deodorant. You're going to be in good shape at Manscaped, especially if you use the promo code DolphinSock and save 20% off and get free shipping, which why wouldn't you do that? If you're going to go and you're going to take care of your balls, you might as well use the promo code DolphinsTalk. There it is. All right, Brandon, the answers are coming in. We got any good ones out there? What are people looking for? What are looking? What are people looking forward to uh, seeing from the Dolphins or the Patriots of Week 18? You're laughing. I can't wait to see some of these responses. Angry Al had a particularly good one. Angry Al. Uh, Angry Al. Was his, uh, the Dolphins firing Flores and Greer? Uh, it was this one. Uh, what kind of cannon do you want to see Greer and Flores shot out of into Biscayne Bay after the game on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to admit my cannon knowledge is not what it used to be. So, uh, yeah, I'm thinking old school, like, uh, I don't know Civil if it's War from the naval cannon. I'm thinking more like, I guess that's like Renaissance era, maybe Middle Ages, the catapult. Like set them up in the catapult and just catapult them into oh into Biscayne Bay. Well, listen, like I said, I think I don't think these guys are going anywhere. No matter what anybody says, I don't I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they're coming back. I don't know that I necessarily agree with I could I could get on board with Flores coming back. I don't love the idea of Greer coming back, but I think at this point I'm kind of resigned to it. It's happening. So I'm kind of resigned to the fact that we're gonna have one more year of let's see if the Dolphins seem to like, I, I don't know. I think I may have said this on the last episode, but I feel like we're at that point in the cycle where it's now Greer and Flores coaching for their jobs in their fourth year. So let's see what happens. This is where they make all the desperation moves. The thing is they got a lot of money to play with. They got a lot of draft capital to play with. Yeah. The well, way, we they have, about- a, they, they have a lot of draft capital currently. Yes. They currently, <laughs> they, they currently have a, have a lot of draft capital. Can we uh, talk about this? Can we, we, nobody's talking about it, but I, we got to talk about it. Okay. Tua Tungavailoa on Sunday against the Titans has his worst game as a professional, right? You keep saying that, but I, I look, I look back at that game against the Raiders last year. Was it that much? You said it was his worst game by miles. I mean, just as bad. Well, okay, fine. And then the Denver game that like a couple weeks earlier, that was pretty bad too. So he has a terrible game. His worst game of the season. How about that? Sure. His worst game of the season. Anyway, he's terrible. And it's like, you know, and we're, and it's the first time that the narrative has clearly been from all corners. Nobody can deny that he had a terrible game. Right. And, you know, because in the Raiders game and the Denver game last year, it's like, ah, oh, he's a rookie. He's getting used to it. Blah, 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 blah. Now he's been out there. He's been around the block a few times. Now he goes out and has the stinker of a game. Right. Whatever. Terrible game. That's not the point. He has a terrible game. And then two days, three days later, who makes his first public appearance in months and months and months at a birthday party 
in Texas. Deshaun Watson. And he has a picture taken, smiling at the camera, holding up the peace sign, saying hello. Like, I mean, this guy trolling everybody. He knows what's going on. He knows Tua goes out there, has a terrible game. He knows that Brian Flores and Chris Greer and Steve Ross are on the phone with Nick Casario. And they're saying, hey, we still want your boy. We want him. Bring him in. Let's go. Bring him down. We want we want Deshaun. Let's get him on an airplane. Let's get him to South Beach. Let's make the deal as soon as we can find out whether or not he can play. That's a pretty troll move by Deshaun Watson. He's going to show up. He's going to show up, make a public appearance after Tua has a terrible, terrible game. Man. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, whatever. Like, if you're, if you're, as an organization, so tuned in to what another quarterback, a free agent quarterback that hasn't played all year because he's got legal issues is doing, then that tells you all you need to know about your starting quarterback situation. And what's going to tell you even more about your starting quarterback situation is kind of what I, what I'm looking forward to the most is comparing Tua Tungavailoa to his former backup at Alabama, Mac Jones in this game for the second season, for the second time this season, because of the truth of the the matter is, is that Mac Jones in his rookie year has objectively had a better season than Tua has had this season. And that does not bode well. And I'm not sitting here saying Mac Jones is anything great. I think Mac Jones is just a serviceable starting quarterback. But he's been better than Tua, both statistically and eye test wise. Just, uh, and so, this is kind of the last chance for Tua to kind of make, I don't think it matters at this point. Cause I think the, the, the evaluation of Tua in the eyes of the coaching staff and in the eyes of the GM has been done. I, I it's complete at this point. Sure. It, he, he can help himself by having a good game and he can hurt himself by having a bad game, but I don't think largely that it's making any kind of difference because at the end of the day, we came into this season knowing that the biggest question coming into the year was going to be, can Tua make the jump? Can he make the big jump that is necessary? Not just the marginal jump, but the big jump. And the truth is, is he's made a marginal jump, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, he hasn't made that big jump that you would have liked that a lot of second-year quarterbacks, when they are true franchise quarterbacks, make. Look at Kyler Murray. Look at uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, there are other quarterbacks in this league, second-year guys, whether it's this year or years previous, that have made that big jump. Tua has not made that big jump. He's just made a marginal jump, which leads you to believe that Tua will. Is he getting better? Is he solid? Sure, he's fine, but he's not this elite guy. He's probably never going to be an elite guy. And so obviously, if you have the opportunity to upgrade, you should be upgrading. And I think seeing him in comparison to a guy in Mac Jones that a lot that didn't come at that first off was to his backup. Secondly, did not come out of college with as much fanfare or be projected to be as good a starting quarterback as Tua in the NFL and already as a rookie is better than him, it tells you a lot. 
It does. It 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 says a lot. And so now we're going to see these guys go head to head again. And it was one thing when it was Tua going head to head with Mac Jones in his first NFL game, and now it's Tua going head to head with Mac Jones in his seventeenth NFL game. And let's see how these two guys have progressed throughout the season. And I, I saw somebody in the comments say, "Well, Mac Jones has a better offensive coordinator and a run game around him," and it's true. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I'm not. I, no, wait. I mean, it's it's true. I mean, Mac Jones is in a much better situation as far as the offense. He's got a better offensive line in front of him. He's got a better running game, and he's got a better offensive coordinator. What do you What do you want to do? I mean, there's nothing. There's, you're absolutely right. That's absolutely true. But all of that being said, you can't put all of those factors and to you know and say and that's why Tua is performing the way that he's performing. You simply cannot do it. Right. That's not how it works. So, so I want to I want to tackle this comment. OK, it was, so VZ Thomas d- says Burrow has three thousand yard receivers and a thousand yard running back. OK, and the and he's been sacked 50 times. That's true. And he's in his second year. Uh huh. And you know why he has three thousand yard receivers? Because he's a good quarterback. Right. Those rece- you could say, oh, that's a thousand yard receiver. Oh, because of the quarterback throwing them the ball. You, you can work it the other way too. And having a 1000 yard running back, that could also have a lot to do with having a quarterback that can stretch the field and throw the ball downfield. That is a great offense in Cincinnati. And an awful offensive line. Yet the Dolphins, who also have an awful offensive line, Dolphin fans will excuse Tua every single step of the way, and they'll say, well, he doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't have an offensive line. Well, Joe Burrow doesn't have an offensive line. He's thrown 34 touchdowns and 14 interceptions and has his team in the playoffs. So, in his second year. In his second After year. playing less than half of season last year. Same scenario. And came off of an injury. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you can make the excuses if you want to, but it's, it is, the situation is what it is at this point. And I'm not, it's not really up for debate. There's a body of work at this point and you can't look at the body. I don't think, like, I, I, I don't know, I don't want to keep, do, I feel like I'm on a treadmill saying the same thing over and over again, but I said it in the last episode of the show is you can't tell me that you can look at this Dolphins offense and think, okay, if we upgrade the offensive line, get a stud running back, which I don't know where you're getting a stud running back because there's not one in the draft. There is not a big time stud running back in the draft like there was last year. Last year, there was a few of those guys. This year, there isn't anybody like that. There are some good running back prospects in the draft, but they're not like number one stud running back, you know, three down bell cow back kind of running backs in this draft. Um, but regardless, you're going to tell me that if the Dolphins get more wide receiver talent, fix the offensive line and get a running back, that you are confident that the Dolphins are going to be lighting teams up the way the Cincinnati Bengals have been shown that they can do this year? Because... You know, as good as Jalen Waddle is, you know, and he's a really great receiver, and I am very happy to have him on the Miami Dolphins. Um, Jamar Chase is showing that he is a different kind of player out there. He is a different kind of player. And then when you pair him with, you know, T. Higgins and and 
and Boyd, the other receiver over there, but then you pair them with a quarterback with a huge arm like Joe Burrow and fling it all over the place. Yeah, you get eye-poppy numbers like that. I'm not sure if you put Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and, and, and Tyler Boyd on the Miami Dolphins and keep the rest of the rosters the same, I'm not sure that those guys are putting numbers anywhere near what they're putting up with the Cincinnati Bengals. How many years has Tyler Boyd been in the league? I don't know. He's been like, there a, a long time. He's been there a long time, but suddenly he's this amazing receiver. <laughs> Come on. Get the, get the hell out of here with this. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that those guys are bad receivers. Like, they've got weapons. They've done a good job of building an offense around uh, around Joe Burrow. But to, to say that Joe Burrow is only doing that because he's got weapons and Tua doesn't have weapons... I mean, the numbers are astounding. Like it, it's, there's no comparison no, between the two. It's not even close. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow has been the better quarterback, period, point yeah, blank, but- end of sentence. And if you have to say, well, Tua is a different kind of quarterback. He's a game manager. Yeah. You don't, you could stop right there. That's the whole point. We, you don't draft a quarterback number five in the draft. To be a game manager, you could get Ryan Tannehill to be a game manager. Oh, Steve you could Pearson. bring in Hold Ryan Fitzpatrick to be Steve Pearson. Uh, Steve Pearson watching live on Facebook says Watson lovers. Let me tell you something. Do you have any morals? I Steve Pearson, go back and listen to the archives of the show, and then come back and tell me that we're Watson lovers. Whatever. Give me a freaking I mean, break. Just because who, who two is not great doesn't mean we love Watson. Okay, you've got to wrap your heads around that, people. This is a real thing. Okay, real talk. Objectively look at it. It's okay to look at your quarterback and say objectively he's not cutting it. It's okay. That doesn't mean we'd love Deshaun Watson. Trust me, the last thing I want, I promise you, that I would rather the Dolphins run Tua Tungavailoa out there on two broken legs than Deshaun Watson. Okay, I'm saying it because I don't want to have to cheer for that guy. I don't want anything to do with him, okay? And and quite frankly, I think even if his legal situation is cleared up and he's cleared to play and all of that stuff goes away, the the, the stink of what he has been accused of is never going to go away for me. I have no interest in that guy. But what I'm talking about is not from my perspective because my opinion of it doesn't matter, right? My opinion of him doesn't matter at all. The person who, the people whose opinion of him matters are Brian Flores, Chris Greer, and Steve Ross. And if that guy, I'm telling you right now, if that guy, if Deshaun Watson gets his stuff cleared up and is able to come in and is cleared, then Roger Goodell says he's going to play and he's not going to get suspended. The Miami Dolphins are making moves this offseason to bring him in, period. Whether I like it or not. Don't come in and come on this show and tell me I'm a Deshaun Watson lover just because the body of evidence suggests Tua is not going to succeed in this system for the Miami Dolphins. That's right. the bottom and, line. And, and, and just to answer this last question about – yeah, just, just to kind of piggyback because this guy's asking the question, the same guy who made the comment before about Burrow is saying, oh, so are you mortgaging the future for Watson? No, I've been saying – for months now. I mean, I almost stopped rooting for the team because we were going after Deshaun Watson. So uh, I have Nobody no desire. I, I don't the want Deshaun Watson. But in. what I will say is I'm going I'm going full bore after Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I'm 100%. showing interest 
in uh, Derek Carr. I'm I'm keeping an eye open in Atlanta and seeing, you know, what Matt Ryan is doing, because I think Matt Ryan is a significant upgrade, not an ideal situation. If I get Matt Ryan, I understand that I'm really just it's like a two or three year bandaid and you still need to have a really great team around you. But if you put if you build weapons uh, on this offense, I feel more confident with it being run by Matt Ryan, even in this stage of his career than I do with Tua, which I mean, and and I think most people would objectively agree with that. And the fact that we're saying that about what, like a 34, 35 year old Matt Ryan, I mean, that should tell you whatever you need to know about Tua. So the, the fact of the matter is like, I'm not mortgaging the future for, for Deshaun Watson, although it doesn't matter because if Chris Greer and Brian Flores want to, then they will. Um, and I'm not going out and I'm and drafting a quarterback just for the sake of drafting a quarterback. And I'm not bringing in Baker Mayfield or some bum off the street. I think you can win with Tua, but he would not be my first option. I would be looking to upgrade. And I think the Dolphins would be crazy not to look to upgrade. Right. And we've said that we've said that time and time again on this show. We absolutely believe that it is possible for an NFL team to win with Tua at quarterback. But here's the thing. When you look at the kind of team that you would need to have around Tua in order to win, you need to have an all-time great elite defense. You need to have a stacked offense otherwise. And then you need to get lucky because you need then to hope that everybody on that team stays healthy. And you've got to hope that, that it can, that you can keep it together and work because there's luck involved in winning the Super Bowl anyway. Like, let's be honest, right? In order to stay healthy for a full season and make it into the playoffs and be healthy at the right time, there's luck involved with that. But when, when you're building a team around a quarterback that is proving to be as limited as Tua is, You need everything to be perfect. So again, it's not to say that you can't win with Tua as your quarterback. It just means that everything else has to be elite. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going a little overboard because I don't think everything needs to be perfect to win with Tua. I mean, hell, Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Right, and everything around him was outstanding on that team. yeah, but I mean, it's not like, and I mean, it's not, it's not like they, it was like amazing. I mean, they, it's, it's whatever. I mean, and like, then, yes, and then the Patriots solved him in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the Patriots solved him in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo was in the, was in the Super Bowl. You know, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Now, granted, I think prime Joe Flacco is better than Tua. I, I don't think there's much doubt about that. Uh, but, I do think you have to take into consideration that Tua is still developing as a quarterback. I think that he can be a good NFL quarterback, much in the same way that Ryan Tannehill is a good NFL quarterback. I don't think things need to be perfect for those guys to win, but certainly it 
you know, it shrinks your margin of error. That's what having an elite quarterback does is it gives you the margin for error. That's why, you know, these examples that every couple of years you see a quarterback that isn't great in the Super Bowl, like Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl on, on a year where he was objectively horrible and got benched for Brock Osweiler. Uh, you know, those teams don't make it back the next year. Right. But you know, the, the teams that are consistently in the conversation, the teams that are quarterbacked by Tom Brady, the teams that are quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes, the teams that are quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers. And I know he hasn't been there in a while, but he's consistently in the conversation. Russell Wilson, the truly elite quarterbacks are always in the conversation because even while other areas of the team are struggling or getting rebuilt, those elite quarterbacks can carry them to a certain, you know, a certain level, uh, all the way to the, to the Super Bowl or close to it. Tua is never going to be that guy. No, it's just never going to happen. We got to so get it. So if you get a chance to get a guy that can be that, you do it. Unless, of course, he's got, you know, 20 cases of credible accusations of sexual misconduct and and abuse. And and I saw Steve Pearson in the comments followed it up. He's like, he's been a fan for a long time and has never felt, you know, like never been closer to wanting to change teams, even with the Dolphins losing and all they've lost. But he says if they do bring Watson in, he's leaving. I mean, I get that and I understand it and I respect it, quite frankly. I don't want to cheer for that guy either. We got a great question. Came in from Garrett Grimes, even though he confused me with, he says brain and Aaron, which is interesting. This is both sides of Aaron's personality, I guess. Yeah, but he said, my, my split personality disorder. That's right. He says, do you believe we need a clean house on the offensive staff in order for the Dolphins to score more points? I think it's a great question, actually. Uh, well, I think we need to clean house on the offensive staff, but I think what we really need to do is upgrade every single position on the offense. You need to upgrade the quarterback. You need to upgrade the offensive line. You need to upgrade the running back and you need to upgrade the receivers. We probably don't need to upgrade the tight ends and I'd be, it'd be kind of crazy if we were sitting here saying we needed to upgrade the tight ends, uh, when we, invested so heavily in the least important position on the offense. Uh, but that's the one area where the Dolphins offense is, is set right now, uh, per, right now being the operative phrase, because we don't know what's going to happen with Mike Kosicki. But that, that tells you everything you need to know about the Dolphins offense. They, they've got one position group that's good, and it's the least important position group on that side of the football. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what we think the Dolphins need to do uh, in the next episode of the show. After after this Patriots game, we will come back and do our season wrap-up show and and reflect and, and talk about what we're going to be looking forward to in the offseason. But I think, um, I think, spoiler alert, I am going to call for Lemuel St. Pierre to not be the coach, uh, not be the offensive line coach for the Miami Dolphins next season because, listen, Lem, nothing against you, buddy. It's just not working out. But to be fair, it hasn't worked out for any offensive line coach since Chris Forrester. That's true. So listen, uh, Lem, what we're saying is do more coke. That's what that's what we're suggesting. That's what we're suggesting. All right, let's let's bring our attention back over here to the New England Patriots. Brain, as our mother likes to call them, the the Patriots. I don't know why. 
Don't know just, why. She struggles with that pronunciation. I don't know. That it's just word. one of those things. Like some people can't pronounce the word ambulance. Our mom can't pronounce the word patriot. Some people can't pronounce the word nuclear. Not nuclear. Nuclear. She says, she says patriots. But that's okay. Listen, you know, we don't judge her for that. No we only put her on blast on a, on a podcast. We put her on blast on the podcast in front of thousands and thousands of people on the internet. We put our mom on blast. It's all right. We love you, mom. Love you, mom. Uh, so I think that's the first time I've said that on the podcast, actually. So I'm sure she'll appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure she's listening and watching every second of this. Oh, when we get, when we get, when we get mom in the comments, that's when we've made it. That's when we've really made it with this show is when mom is in the comments. Mom's going to be in the comments and she's going to be asking, did you get your health insurance set up yet? What are you doing over there? <laughs> what are you doing? over? There? Did you go to the doctor? What are you doing? You got, we, you need to see somebody about that cough. We're making her sound much more New Jersey than she is. Much it's more. subtle. It's subtle. Well, maybe it's not that subtle. Anyway, regardless, the New England Patriots are coming to town this weekend. What is this Dolphins offense going to do against a stout Patriots defense? Well, they're probably going to suck. Uh, but what they what it's they need to do insight there. Yeah, but what they need to do is they need to have balance because this Patriots defense excels against the pass. They're going to put pressure on Tua and they're going to drop a bunch of guys back in coverage on third and long. Uh, you know, so they're going to put, it's going to be difficult if, if the Dolphins get into those third and long situations, uh, to pick them up. So the Dolphins need to be able to run the fo- football well. They need to be able to get ahead of the sticks on, on first and second down, but. Uh, I don't think it's realistic to expect the Dolphins to get a big, uh, you know, a bunch of big plays. I think the offense is just not built to do that. The offensive line isn't good enough. Two is not good enough. The weapons aren't good enough. And the offense just kind of is what it is at this point. So they just need to be precise. They just need to do what they on the other side of the ball. They need to prove that they could stop the run against a physical team that likes to run the football because, uh, you know, for the large part on this, this, you know, that seven game winning streak, not only did they play bad quarterbacks, but they didn't really play teams that have a physical rushing game. The only team that they played that's like that in that winning streak was Baltimore. And frankly, Baltimore was having a lot of success against them running the football. Uh, but the Dolphins were able to make a few plays create a few turnovers. Lamar Jackson was absolutely dreadful throwing the football and the Dolphins got the Ravens in a position at the end of the game where they were able to make them one dimensional. And then, you know, the rest was history. But last week they played a team for the first time in weeks that really was committed to having a physical running game. And just like Denver did to Miami last year, 
Tennessee had their way with Miami because Miami's linebackers are a sore spot. They, it is a weakness of this team. I don't think it's a scheme thing. I don't think it's, I honestly, I don't think it's the defensive line. I think Raquan Davis has been fine. He's been really good. Christian Wilkins has had a good year as a run stopping defensive lineman. Uh, I, I honestly think that, you know, he's, he's a guy that the Dolphins might consider giving an extension to, uh, much to the chagrin of Angry Al, who believes that he's a jag, which stands for just a guy uh but the the real problem with the dolphins run defense is the linebackers yeah you know jerome baker is really more of an outside linebacker playing out of position and elandon roberts is being tasked as the really the one true inside linebacker on the team and he's just limited He's just not a great athlete, not a real cerebral guy. He's slow to react. He overpursues. He takes bad angles. Sure, he makes some big hits every now and then, and he can do the job, but consistently he is not a great run stopper because he's just not he's just not that good the Dolphins need an upgrade at that position they need a true uh linebacker uh that can that can stop the run you know maybe if you get a second guy the caliber of Jerome Baker then that will go a, a different ways or maybe you 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 run some more traditional 4-3 defense and you get yourself an actual really good middle linebacker I know that's not necessarily the way that the game is played now but I'm not saying you need to get like this stud middle linebacker and play him 80% of the snaps, but even if it's for 50% of the snaps or 60% of the snaps, those early down work when you're playing a team that wants to run the football so you can stop playing Jerome Baker out of position and stop relying on a Landon Roberts to be your run stuffing middle linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. That's another, that's one of those areas that you really want to see the Dolphins address that need. And I think, that is a place where I, I think you're going to see the Dolphins spend in, in free agency is trying to find somebody to, to fill that middle linebacker role. Um, got a nice shout out here from uh, JC in New Jersey. He says he's from Jersey, so he appreciated uh, mom's accent there. He says he enjoys the show and listens to every show. Great Dolphins contact. Hey, JC Kang from New Jersey. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. And just a reminder to everybody, like the video on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit it, smash it. And if you're not listening, if you're listening in podcast form, head on over to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel, hit subscribe, turn on notifications, and like this video. We appreciate it very, very much. So, uh, yeah, so there it is. It's prediction time. Okay, it's prediction time for this game, the final game of the season. Will the Dolphins, Bryn, finish the season 9-8, and eight, or will they finish what is now the new 7-9, and 8-9? Uh, I, I think the Patriots are going to come out. They're going to have, they're going to look at what the Titans did to run the football against this Dolphins defense. They're going to come out with a similar game plan. And frankly, they're, they're going to be better because, you know, I, well, I don't know. I don't know if Mac Jones is better than Ryan Tannehill. And obviously Tannehill's got better weapons, but, uh, I think that the, you know, the Patriots running game, whether it's Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris or whoever, I think, probably poses a bigger threat than Deontay Foreman did. And the Patriots, look, the Patriots have won a football game this year where their quarterback threw what? Two passes? Three passes. Three passes. This is a team that knows how to run the football. 
and and can run the football effectively even when you know that they're running the football. This is going to be a tough task for the Dolphins' defense. And then even more importantly, this is a Dolphins' offense that just isn't very good. It's a Patriots defense that is very good, and the Patriots have a lot to play for. I think the Patriots come out and they take control of this game, and I I think it looks ends up looking pretty similar to how last week looked, which is the uh, you know the Patriots kind of taking control with the defense, the the Dolphins defense kind of keeping them in the game, but at some point the levy's going to break, and the Dolphins are going to end up losing this game by multiple scores. Uh, I've got the Patriots winning this one 27 to 10. Well, you know what, Brain? I think the Dolphins are going to come out pissed off. I think Brian Flores is going to come out pissed off. I think Tua Tungavailoa is going to come pissed off. I think Duke Johnson is going to be pissed off because he didn't get the ball more when he was running all over Tennessee last week. And the Dolphins said, nah, we're behind. We're going to throw. I think... The Dolphins come out angry. Jerome Baker's going to come out angry. Jalen Phillips going to come out angry. Javon Holland going to come out angry. I think the Dolphins are going to come out angry, and I think they're going to get a win. And I think Brian Flores is going to improve to 4-2 and two all time versus Bill Belichick. I think the Dolphins are going to get a win in this game, and I think it's going to be 27-23 Miami. Game-winning touchdown drive by Tua Tungavailoa in the fourth quarter. And the reception for the touchdown is going to be by Jalen Waddell, who will, in this game, break the rookie record for receptions all time. He's going to break Anquan Bolden's record in Week 18, his 16th game of the season, because he missed the game from COVID, so you don't have to put an asterisk next to his, next to his record. It's going to happen. 27-23, Miami. In the season finale, and we go into the offseason, and and half of the people that are that were convinced that the Dolphins were going to go out and bring in another quarterback this offseason will have will be back on the Tua train. That's the prediction. Go Dolphins. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think at this point, um, if you're uh, if you're in the book, if you're in the boat of, you know, you're done with two and you've seen enough, I don't think that any good game is going to change your mind. Uh, I think if you're in the, the boat that Tua is, you know, the answer and he is great and the Dolphins just need to put weapons around him. Uh, I think you've already formulated your, your opinion. And so I don't think that anything that happens in this game is going to change that. I think the fact you know, as usual, lies somewhere in between, which is that Tua is just a, you know, probably a middle of the road starting quarterback. Considering where he is in year two, I think that's probably what he is. I think he's a middle of the road starting NFL quarterback uh, that you can win with, but he's not going to carry you anywhere. Right. If you're relying on him to win you the game, every once in a while, maybe he will. But he hasn't shown yet, really, other than what the the Arizona game last year, he showed that he could do it. And he tried to do that in the Atlanta game this year, but the defense let him down. But well, he know. also threw two picks and gave Atlanta right. basically. He set 10 Atlanta points. up. He set Atlanta up. He sure did. But anyway, that's that's who he is. 
And we're going to see him as the Miami Dolphins starter on Sunday, at least. Whether we ever see him as the Dolphins starter again after that remains to be seen. But he's going to be out there Sunday, and he's going to be wearing a Dolphin jersey, so I'm going to be cheering for him, as I always do. Because, you know, I, I if you're wearing the Dolphins colors, I'm going to cheer for you. At least that has always been my rule thus far. I don't know how much longer that's going to always be my rule, but here we are. Here we are. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and, and hope for the best. But regardless, um, I for, for the brain and I, we appreciate everybody that has listened to the show this season, whether you've been joining us live on YouTube or Facebook, the I'm Miami Dolphins fan Facebook page. If you've been joining us live over there, been watching on Twitter, if you've followed along on the podcast, uh, you know, listen, we appreciate you for, for being part of this family and coming along on the ride with us this season. It's been a lot of fun. Everybody that we've interacted with on Twitter, we might not always agree and that's fine, but at the end of the day, we're all looking for the same thing. We're all cheering for the same thing. We all want to see the Miami Dolphins win the Super Bowl before we die. So that's what we're all cheering for. Whether or not that's ever going to happen remains to be seen, but it's it's kind of fun to go on the ride, and we appreciate everybody that has interacted with us. The show has grown by leaps and bounds this season, both just in in listenership and people who have uh, interacted with us on on Twitter and uh, on YouTube as well. I mean, we went from you know barely having anybody watch the show to having lots of people pick it up and and watch it, whether it's live or on demand, and and that's been really great too. And and reading all the great comments and hearing from everybody, we really do appreciate it. And and, and I know we don't say it a lot, and I know that sometimes we're we're smart, Alex, on here, and that we're a little goofy and we're a little silly, um, but we really do genuinely appreciate everybody who listens to the show, whether you agree with us or not, whether you think we're two a homers, whether you think we're two a haters, whether you think we're Watson lovers, whatever the case may be, uh, we appreciate you joining in, listening and interacting with the show. And um, if you haven't done that yet, if you haven't interacted with us yet, we invite you to give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. The show, again, is at Sam Old Dolphins. And uh, of course, make sure you're following at Dolphins Talk as well so you can keep up to date with all the things that we've got going on this offseason coming up. And make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. Make sure you're going to manscaped.com, using the promo code Dolphins Talk to get that 20% uh, discount, getting the free shipping. Go to BetUS, use the sign-up code Dolphins Talk for a 125% sign-on bonus. You know, all kinds of good things going on. And we're going to be back. We're going to be back early next week. Not sure if it's going to be Monday or Tuesday yet. Um, but we're going to be back next week to do a season recap and react to any of the you know news that may have may or may not have broken by the time we record. So um, we'll be back here with you early next week. So if you're if you again if you're subscribed to the Dolphin Psych YouTube channel, turn on those notifications so you can interact with us live on the show because we're going to be uh, probably. Pouring one out for Coach Lem as I mean he's not going to die, but he's hopefully hopefully I don't I don't want him to die. I don't want anything bad to happen to him other than I want him to lose this particular job. Um, but I would love for him to get hired somewhere like Buffalo or something like that. That'd be great. Um, of course, with the Dolphins' luck, he would go on to Buffalo to then put together the best offensive line the NFL's ever seen because that's Naturally. our luck. That's how it works. But uh, any brain, any parting, any parting words from you? Words of wisdom from the brain before we get out of here. I got, I got nothing. Just, you know, go out there and, you know, hopefully it, it would be nice to see the Dolphins put a decent performance out there and not get trounced. Because if you get trounced in this game and you get blown out for the second week in a row, 
it really it really taints that winning streak and really just makes you look at it and say, well, that was just a really fluky winning streak that happened to be against really bad football teams with really bad quarterback, which frankly is the truth. Are, <laughs> but, are you but saying the you, Dolphins but, were bubble frauds? If, if you get blown out in this one, yeah, then we were bubble frauds. It, win well. this game and then you, you kind of have an argument that, you know, we, we, we could have, you, we could have been legit had we not blown it earlier in the season and with stupid losses to Jacksonville and Atlanta, but lose this game by 20 points or more. And then you probably look at it and say, well, of course we lost those stupid games to Jacksonville and Atlanta because we weren't a good football team. You know, I want to just give a quick shout out to Will Fuller. <laughs> the guy just made $10 million for nothing. And he's going to retire off of it, too, probably. What a king. Just put a crown on that man's head. Shout out Will Fuller. Good for you, buddy. He steroided his way into a contract. That's right. <laughs> and then played 15 minutes of football. And called it a career. What a man. What a guy. You know? Shout out Will Fuller. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's same old Dolphins, the Dolphins. Unbelievable. Amazing. Dante Culpeppered us. Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this one. Go out there. Have some fun. It's the final Dolphins game of the season on Sunday. So enjoy it. 425 p.m. Eastern time. CBS. Go out there. Have some fun. Root for the Dolphins, the mighty, mighty Dolphins, and take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. Take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. That way you save